Turning your Bible, if you will, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. I have missed you all. Linda and I have missed you. And we are glad to be with you today. You are a family. And we thank God for you. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your concerns, the expressions of your sympathy to our family. And we have truly been sustained by your prayers and by your support. And uh, we're so glad to be here today with you. I had uh, prepared this sermon for last Sunday. And uh, about Tuesday for, and I'm not usually through with a sermon by Tuesday, but by Tuesday, God gave me a wonderful outline. And I didn't get to preach it last Sunday. But boy, how it fits better today. Um, you've already met Jude, grandson, three and a half years old. He lives far away, Papa, he said. He lives in Hawaii. And his, he, he came to see Papa, and he brought his daddy and mama with him. Daddy, would you stand, mama? This is my son, James, and this is his mother, Letitia. Standing beside them are his grandparents, Don and Mary Milby. Wave if you can't stand. Don's getting so old he can't get up. And uh, all the way from Louisiana is my preacher brother, my oldest brother. There's three of us. He's the oldest one. Norse and his wife, Mitzi. They, Norse retired pastor, and then he went back to being a pastor again at Calvary Baptist Church, where he once pastored when he was a seminary student in New Orleans. So they are living in our little home community. It's our little community where we grew up is almost as big as Ekron. Y'all have got to beat just, and there are no churches there this size, trust me. <laughs> if they, so uh, we are so proud that you made the trip from Louisiana to, uh, to be with us this weekend. Our middle brother David and his wife are flying in tomorrow from Abilene, Texas. But we have missed you. And uh, we have certainly felt your prayers. We were going to try to sing today, but it's just too much. Uh, we're a singing family. Mitzi plays a piano like you've never heard in your life. And she teaches piano and teaches piano now. We were supposed to do a, you know, I go down there and preach at Revival every year. Remember last year I went? Well, we were supposed to do that this year, but a hurricane almost blew the place away. <laughs> so we, we couldn't go this year. They had two hurricanes that went over their house in two months. 110 mile an hour winds. So there's been a lot of cleanup down there. A lot of sawing of pine trees and that sort of thing. But let us talk about what is most important. And what is most important is the kingdom of God. And I pray that you are a citizen of this kingdom and that you are living in the kingdom of God right now. It's not a day that's coming and we just have to wait for it. It's here already. And for those who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can step into the kingdom any time of the day. You don't have to wait till you die and go to heaven to live in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has come to us in the Son of our Lord and our God, Jesus Christ. 
And the beauty is, by faith in Him, we can step into that kingdom and enjoy the kingdom now. It's kind of like living a little bit of Christmas every day. You don't have to wait till Christmas. It comes a little bit every day, wrote. Now, I'm not sure what slides I turned in last week, so help me out, Paul. What, what have we got, uh, Tara? Show me what we got so far. Nothing? Because <laughs> I need to know where I need to depart here. Okay, go to the next slide. Oh, good. All right, go back then to the first slide. Now I know where we're going. The previous slide. All right, this is the passage of Scripture. When I was called to preach in Louisiana, I had uh, moved away from the little country church. My brother was actually a pastor there, but that wasn't why I left. But as a kid, I was the last, I was the last student in that church. And um, I kept rededicating my life to the Lord. You know, I remember those days. And I didn't know what God wanted me to do with my life. So I thumbed a ride into town like you thumbed a ride to Brandenburg, same distance. And I got involved with a youth group there, and they had a youth choir. And, and uh, that summer, um, I was working in Plywood Mill, and God called me to preach. And um, we, we didn't, you know, you just can't see the future when God tells you, I want you to preach the Bible. Then, uh, you know, how, what do I base this calling on and God just gave me this passage of scripture my first sermon was from Matthew chapter 7 wrote it was the most condemning sermon you've ever heard in your life just be glad you weren't there just be glad you weren't there it was a tough half hour but I've discovered Matthew chapter 6 in those days and verse 33 became the foundation of my calling and has been the foundation of my ministry and my life I stand on it, I live by it, and then that last week, God gave me a whole new outline based on this passage of Scripture, and I'm so excited to share it with you. It simply says, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, what are those things? They're the things that we're anxious about. Whatever you're anxious about, if you step into and live in the kingdom of God, your anxiety level is going to go way down. And you're going to sleep good at night. You're going to enjoy life. You're not going to be preoccupied with the minuscule things that you worry about. Did you know that 90% of the stuff that you worry about doesn't happen? Last week, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was texting with the staff and deacons about getting prepared for the associational meeting that was happening here last weekend. And by the way, I heard from our director of missions, Steve Butler, said it went very well. So thank you all for preparing so well. But you know what worried me the most? Two tables. We needed the table right here, and we needed the table right over there. And I'm up all night thinking about, now how are we going to get those tables in there? Because when people come in, they've got to come in this door, and they've got to get everybody registered, and got to be social distancing, and all of that. And, the, and what was the whole associational meeting about? It was about the rolling out of an evangelism program that we have coming this, this spring. And we want to get started. We want to be involved because it's kingdom work. And it's go tell everybody, go share the gospel with every household in our assigned part of Meade County. That's the, big, that's the kingdom thing. That's the big thing. But you know what I was worried about? Was that table going to be in the right place for Miss Wilma? <laughs> And that table over there, it, it just caught my attention. And then I got a phone call on that Wednesday afternoon from Linda saying our son was in the hospital. 
in, in uh, Augusta, Georgia, and it wasn't looking good, and we need to get down there just as quick as we can. And you know what? All of a sudden, those tables didn't matter anymore. Those tables did not matter anymore. What is the kingdom of God all about? And why am I anxious if there's a kingdom where God rules and reigns, and in this kingdom of God, He wants to bless me, He wants to give me eternal life, He wants to take me to His holy heaven, and He wants me to taste a bit of it right now. Well, there are three points to this three-hour sermon, and I'll try to get it done in 20 minutes. Point number one, as we kind of end this series of messages on the, uh, all about God. Scott, I thought it was presumptuous to even use that title, all about God. And who knows all about God anyway? But we'll, get, we'll make a stab at it. God governs through his kingdom. That's what the word kingdom is really all about. It is his kingdom, his rule, his reign. Not just in the heart of believers, but in the world that he created. In the Old Testament, the word for king is melech. And you've got to have a little cough right here as you say that in Hebrew. Melech. It means king. God says to his people in Isaiah 43, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Don't forget that, Israel. And they forgot it a lot of times. And every time they forgot it, they ended up opposite enemies, if you will, of God, and they could not function. And we do the same thing. You see, God made this world. Would you agree with that? Say amen. God created you. If you agree with that, say amen. God created a moral universe. Say, I didn't know that. Most people don't know that. And when we live and function in this moral universe that God made, so that he is king and he is Lord and we're following and living for him in that kingdom, life works out. But when we do not acknowledge that God is reigning and ruling over this world, life doesn't work out. And you end up paralyzed by fear. The psalmist decries, uh, declares uh, God reigns over the nations. And God sits on his holy throne. And if we've learned anything from this series about all about God is this. God is good all the time. And when your son's died in the hospital, God's still what? Good. He's still good. In the New Testament, that word is melech. Melech. I'm sorry, Melek in the Old Testament, Basilia in the New Testament. The kingdom of God is not a territory such as the United States. It's not an earthly nation with boundaries. It is an eternal reign of God who is from everlasting to everlasting. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that we'll get into next Sunday, God willing, He shall reign forever and forever. He remains God. He never abdicates his kingdom, and his kingdom cannot be overthrown. He is the Alpha and the Omega over all nations, over all enemies, over death itself. God rules and God reigns. 
That is our faith, and we declare it. It's his kingdom. Jesus said, seek his kingdom. Well, how do we do that? One, be certain of your citizenship. There are other kingdoms in this world that are vying and trying to overcome the very kingdom of God. But you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, have experienced an inbreaking of this rule of God in our world and in our time. It's not just a pie in the sky by and by. It's God's ruling right now in our life. We are in this world, but we're no longer of this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My son Daniel had this saying, and I thought it was really, really good. I don't know if I've shared it with you all before or not, but Dan had a saying. We would question him often about his blood disorder and, you know, after four open heart surgeries and all that. Son, how, you, how do you deal with all that? Well, he said, Dad, uh, this is God's world. I just get to live in it. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty good. So how do I live in God's kingdom? Be, understand that we are citizens of this kingdom of God. Our citizenship, Paul said, is in heaven from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Are you a citizen of the kingdom of God? If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and trusted him to be ruler and reigner of your life, then you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Those are two ways that the New Testament speaks about the kingdom of God. Sometimes Jesus will say the kingdom, sometimes he'll say the kingdom of God, and sometimes he'll say the kingdom of heaven. Either of those is not a particular place, it is a rule, it is a sovereignty, it is a reigning of Almighty God. Be certain of your citizenship, seek him. What are you chasing today? You can have anything you want in life. You can have anything you want in this life. But you can't have everything. And what you decide you want, you'll pay a price for it. And if you choose to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, Jesus said, Amen, come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and come and follow me. There is a cost to discipleship. It is free to enter this kingdom, but it costs you to walk in this kingdom. You must decide. There are things and kingdoms of this world that are rivaling the kingdom of God and call you and beckon you and say, hey, come do this, you'll be happy. Hey, come do this, you'll be famous. Hey, come do this, you'll get a lot of attention. Hey, come, come, come do this, you'll make a lot of money. Hey, come do this. Uh, you'll enjoy everything there's to enjoy in this world. Folks, this world's passing away. Or you'll pass away first. Make sure you're a citizen of the eternal kingdom of God. And I wouldn't go to bed tonight not knowing that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Be clear about these rival kingdoms too. The kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of our God are in constant battle. And when you live in God's kingdom, you live in the spiritual battle. And to walk in the kingdom of God doesn't mean that you're going to be happy, 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 happy all the time. It means you're going to face trials 
but you're going to face them with triumph. I read this day this week where the author says, you remember what Paul said, I am captive to Christ? You remember that expression in the New Testament writing, the Apostle Paul? I am, Christ has captivated me, he's caught me like a prisoner. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Well, Paul was really a prisoner of, of, of Caesar in Rome, you know, remember that? But he would say, I'm really not a prisoner to the, to the, to the dictator in Rome because I live in the kingdom of God. I mean, Caesar's just around for a short period of time. But I, I'm, a, I'm a slave to Christ. And he'd use that expression, I'm captive to Christ. And think of it this way. To be captive means that you're walking down the street of some town that, that has conquered you. And you're on display. And people are... Uh, saying insults to you because you lost and they won and now you're their prisoner. And the, the mayor or the governor or the king of this province is marching you down the street and you're being humiliated. And Paul says, I'm marching down the street. I'm being humiliated everywhere I go. But I'm telling you, I'm not captive to Caesar. I am captive to the Christ, Jesus And then he says it like this. I am captive to the conqueror. Caesar has a conqueror. Do you get that? And when you as a believer and a Christian feel like, I'm stuck. I'm not getting all the blessings that the TV preachers are talking about. The, the get-rich-quick preachers, the get the wealthy health and wealth preachers, that's not happening to me. Life's hard for me. I struggle in this life. And yet I'm trying to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Remain captive to Jesus. Don't surrender to the kingdom of this world that he has delivered you from. It is a kingdom of darkness. His is the kingdom of light. His, the kingdom of this world is a kingdom of death and uh, destruction. But his is a kingdom of life everlasting. Don't be fooled about the kingdoms of this world that are tempting you as you are captive to Christ who has conquered this earthly kingdom. Does that make sense? So be clear about the rivalry and examine your purpose on earth and your priorities on earth. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the basilia, the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, seek ye first what? His kingdom. And then what did he say? And his what? Righteousness. So God governs through his kingdom. That's how we enjoy living in the kingdom. And God guides through the kingdom. Seek his righteousness. It's the righteousness of God that guides us along the way. We know how to live. We know what to do. We know who we are based upon the very righteousness of God. Now, you all remember what righteousness means in the Bible. God is righteous. That means he's always right. He's always right. Number two, it means God is always doing what is right. He's always doing what is right. And thirdly, it means he is seeing to it that the right gets done. That's the righteousness of God. We have full access into this righteousness of God. 
Not because we, you know, work real hard at not sinning. You ever feel like you had to do that? Young people, you ever feel like that? Uh, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to do that. And I'll try real hard to be good. I'm sure my grandson does that. He just tries real hard to be good. But the good news is, I get to live in God's righteousness by the steps I take. Now listen to this. The kingdom of God guides us into the righteousness of God. Seek his kingdom and seek to walk in the righteousness of God. Now watch this carefully. The kingdom of God, as I said earlier, is something you step into. You step into the kingdom of God. Every time you do the following things, you are stepping into the kingdom of God. And every day, you have choice after choice after choice about stepping into the righteousness of God. We step into God's kingdom when we align our purpose, our goals, and our dreams with Christ. Remember what Jesus said? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. You see, the kingdom's not just up there someday. It's not just pie in the sky by and by. It's now. And when I am obedient and step into the kingdom of God with my dreams, my hopes, my goals, young people, students, I challenge you right now to pray this prayer. Lord, show me your dream for my life. I wouldn't live any other way. Number two, we step into the kingdom when we obey the commands of Christ. Jesus said, I've left my commands with you. And if you will obey my commands, you will abide in me and I will abide in you. This is walking and living in this kingdom of God. As Oswald Chambers says, when I obey God, absolute deity is on my side. When I obey God, absolute deity, God himself, is on my side. And how many times have we prayed, Lord, please get on my side. God, please help me with my plans. God, I'm I'm fighting this battle for you and in your name. No, 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 no. We obey him in righteousness in moral excellence. We abstain from immorality. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is talking about abstaining from sexual immorality. We abstain from lying. We abstain from cheating. We obey the Lord Jesus Christ to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as ourself. When we obey God, absolute deity is on our side. That's what it means to let the kingdom of God guide you. And folks, this is the good life. If you want to live the good life, serve in the kingdom. If you want to find your purpose in life, find some way to minister to somebody else in the name of Jesus. If you want to get happy, worship the Lord. If you want to know what fulfillment is all about, it is about sharing Jesus with other people. We step into the kingdom when we share the gospel. We step into the kingdom when we believe even though we cannot see. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's the sign my son had on his door at his office.
walk by faith and not by sight. God guides us into his kingdom, and we step into his kingdom every day as we obey, as we seek his righteousness. Paul said, let this thing be named among you. Let this be your reputation, that you live for moral excellence, God's beauty, God's kingdom, and God's glory. And you'll live a life with no regrets. Hang on, son, I'm about through. Third point in this three-hour sermon goes like this. God not only reveals himself, governs us through his kingdom, he also guides us through his kingdom, and then he gives through this kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, that's God governing, and his righteousness, that's God guiding, and all these things will be added God will give you the things that unbelievers are trying to find in the world. In chapter 6, before that verse, Jesus is talking about, why are you worried about what you will wear? Why are you worried about where you will live and how you will live? Why are you worried about what you will eat? Oh, you need to worry about it if you're not seeking the kingdom of God. You better sweat it out. But if you're seeking God in his righteousness, he will give unto you from the bounty of his kingdom. See, when a, when a king conquers an enemy, he gets all the, uh, the benefits of war. I mean, he, that's how Napoleon survived. He just run over a nation and everything they had became his. Well, God has created all things and he rules over all things and now what belongs to God? A whole lot more than you and I have. A whole lot more than, than the gold in Fort Knox. The cattle on a thousand hills, he said, is mine. Folks, I believe there's more treasures stored up for kingdom people than we have dared to even ask God for. I believe that. I believe God's a giving God just like he said right here in the Sermon on the Mount. If you ask for a, a piece of bread, will he give you a, a serpent? Will he give you a stone? Will he give you a, a scorpion? No. God loves you. He's on your side. And he wants to provide for you. Three, three things quickly that God provides us in his kingdom. First of all, we just talked about peace. Don't be anxious, Jesus said. Now, folks, if you're not living in the kingdom of God, you ought to be anxious. You ought to be worried. Because you're on your own. It's all up to you. But if you're living in the kingdom of God, it's up to Him. It's up to Him. Where's it coming from? It's coming from Him. And God blesses, he blesses real good. I went down to be with the church down there in Georgia where my son served in a little town called Warrington, Georgia. And we got there and thought, well, we've got to get us a hotel room, you know, in the town next to it because there's no 
facilities there. And when we arrived there, family said, y'all come stay with us. Okay? Where do you live? Well, we're out here in the, in the cow pasture. They've got a black Angus farm out there. And we drove down this road, and we went down this road, and we went down another road. And then we got down this little lane with some fence road going where the cattle are in. And we drove and we drove and drove and got to the trees on the, where the trees were on the other side of the field. And there's this huge three-story, a two-story house. There's uh, two bedrooms on the bottom with an open kitchen, a, a, a dining room, a family area. And then there are the guest quarters upstairs. Three huge bedrooms, nicer than any Holiday Inn I've ever stayed in. Two full baths on the second floor. And a commons area where there's a fireplace and a TV and a couch to sit on. And a table with treats and water and bananas, things to eat. And I, I told Linda, I said, you know, when God blesses, he blesses real good, doesn't he? Real good. God will take care of you. No matter what you're in or what's going on, God will provide. Let us not worry. Let us seek his kingdom. He gives peace. Number two, he gives bread every day. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. The Bible says, I've never seen the godly forsaken. And I tell you, I rejoice that I find God's people no matter where I go who are generous like Ekron, who are, who are hospitable like Ekronites. You don't mind if I call you Ekronites, do you? That, that's a good word. That's not a bad word. That's a good word. God will provide. And the best thing he provides is eternal life. Do you live in, are you living in the kingdom? If you are, well, let me ask you this. Are you a citizen of the kingdom? Some of you listening to me right now are not citizens of the kingdom of God. You know you need to be. You know you want to be. This is the day that you can step into the kingdom of God. I'm going to ask you during this invitation, if you would commit your life to Christ, now let me lose, I don't want to use that word. Bad word. Forget that. You know, Richard, we can't keep commitments, can we? I've heard that all my life. Commit your life to Christ. Well, I do that and I take it back. I commit and then I get I take it back. How about just yield? Surrender your life to Jesus Christ today and ask him to forgive you of sin. And if you'll do that. You become a child of the kingdom of God. And we're going to sing a song in a minute. And if that's the decision you'll make, there's some of you here right now listening to me. You're not saved. You're not saved. And if you died today, you wouldn't live in God's Beulah land, God's heavenly kingdom. The only future you have is uncertainty, anxiety, and a place called death and hell. That's the only future you got. Joy and happiness is not in your future if you don't have Jesus. You're, you're not going to make it against the drug battles out there if you don't have Jesus. Amen.
You're not going to make it against the sexual temptations that are out there unless you have Jesus. You're not going to make it to heaven unless you have Jesus. Jesus told Nicodemus, Marvel not that I say to you, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. And that new birth takes place when you surrender and yield your life to Christ. And the way to do that today is to take that step forward in the kingdom. And I'm going to ask you to come while we're singing in a moment. We're going to have a prayer first. And you just come sit down on this pew right up here, this front row, and we'll counsel with you and pray with you. Let's bow together. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you rule and you reign, and you reign in righteousness and generosity. And Lord, you lead us and you bless us. Even through the tryingest times of our life, you are present. You never abandon us. We live in your kingdom forever. And I pray for that dear soul that's struggling right now with your Holy Spirit. Part of them says, yes, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to live in this kingdom forever. And the, and the part of them saying, no, not today, maybe another time, or I don't feel it. These are all ways of saying no. Anything but a yes is a no. And I pray there'll be some yeses today. And some folks will get saved. Others will want to unite with our church from the sister church. We pray, Lord, others will rededicate their life, even where we are, to say, Lord, help me to step into your kingdom every day. Help me to walk in your kingdom and your righteousness every day because that's the good life. That's the life of no regrets when we walk in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.